Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COV for this Wednesday. Andrew, joined by Carl and... Well, a better second day to the new year rather than the first where we saw that heavy selling yesterday, of course, Kyle. But um, yeah, some uh, some widespread positivity on the market today. Yeah, well, uh, whenever I see things moving in such high correlation, you can generally uh, tell that it's a market that's probably trading a little bit thinly and those holiday trading conditions. I was talking about that with Mark Gardner yesterday and that... Yeah, I guess um, it's just a very choppy, choppy market. Perhaps not too much that can be infer- inferred from price action, but I think we'll be close uh, today to pretty much making up for the for the loss of the first trading year. So, at the very least, twenty twenty three, we can uh, well might be able to call it a dead rubber so far. Yeah, as you say though, those volumes down, uh, given most people are on holidays, um, except for us, of course, we're here. Oh, where you? else would I want to be? <laughs> uh, just taking a look across the board. Uh, look, mostly green, but it's certainly energy. Um, that was the sector that hurt today. Uh, the oil price tumbling further on concerns about global growth, the China outlook, given it's the biggest importer of crude, and uh, the US dollar also appreciating. Yeah, I think that's probably been where most of the conversations have been in the last two days, which is what does this China reopening actually mean for markets? And at least if you looked at price action, investors are tempering their enthusiasm a bit about the kind of growth um, implications and maybe focusing on the spread of the virus and what that could mean for uh, production over there, growth over there also as well, whether it might mean inflationary pressures are a little higher and central banks have to be a little bit more aggressive. So it certainly seems to be the case that there's um, that risk aversion and uh, Sure, it's still still the case as it was yesterday when I checked a bit earlier. Those gold miners seem to be really benefiting from that uh, from that dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Newcrest, Northern Star, Evolution, all up uh, more than two percent. Um, you know, along with Emilius Regis, uh, um, Silver Lake. Uh, yeah, obviously it helped by I guess those bond yields uh, came off, but the prospect of uh, of global recession, uh, people rediscovering gold. In fact, I was speaking to Carl Cabalinga. Uh, on the call today and he says I mean he's the antithesis of a gold bug but he says look even he can't ignore it at the moment Uh, he said it's very very tempting given the value of some of their stocks and and where that gold price is going yeah it's uh, seemingly shining again and you've got folks out there as well in our inbox saying you know 3300 in uh, in in the not too distant future so (laughs) you know that's uh, that is talk of a gold bug yep yes exactly so you know it's uh, it's all happening out there we'll see if it can last because it is interesting like you said yesterday Gags it's a a US dollar story because it's uh, certainly not yields they're they're still reasonably elevated although we did see quite a rally last night it has to be said Mm. uh, in US treasuries yeah also uh, IT doing very well today um i guess because it uh, has been uh, was certainly sold off yesterday um us wise you know obviously it's the first thing we look at when we get in in the morning and the the story once again uh tesla dominating 
uh, tumbled again. I think it's it's off now around seventy five percent thereabouts mm. um, over the past twelve thirteen months. Um, in fact, we had Dan Ives on and Kenny Polcari, both out of the states, talking about just how frustrated any Tesla investor would be at the moment and what Elon Musk is not doing essentially. Yeah, well, swings and roundabouts, right? If you had been in it in the last five years, you'd be laughing. In fact, I had a buddy of mine that I used to work with who paid for a, a house in South Melbourne, which ain't cheap, especially in your early 30s, basically mm. because of the returns that Tesla had delivered him. So again, swings and roundabouts, but it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because if you've been watching the, the discourse on Twitter um, over the last few weeks, you know, Elon says it's just uh, the Fed. Fed's fault um, wasn't wasn't their fault, of course, or, or their um, their doing when the stock went up. But it's the Fed fault. Fed's fault that the stock's falling. But others are saying that you know you got the Ross Gerbers of the world suggesting he's got his eyes off the ball. Investor sentiment is now in the uh, in the doldrums, and like you said, off by about seventy five percent. So mm. I don't know if that qualifies as capitulation. Whether there's a buying opportunity here, I know that um, Dan was uh, fairly bullish, but um, yeah, certainly one to to watch. And of course, for fundamental reasons too, that uh, that production miss was very significant. Yeah, Kenny likewise saying look, he thinks it's overdone, uh, despite the fact that uh, by his you know opinion observations that uh, Elon is driving the company into the ditch at the moment while he's distracted by Tesla by yes. Twitter I should say and uh, and a yeah. Tesla uh, I believe in in California fell into a ditch uh, yesterday and all, all survivors fortunately but mm. um, yeah perhaps a, perhaps an omen <laughs> an interesting metaphor uh, coming back home. We thought stock of the day. In fact, we had stocks of the day. We looked at two. This is on the back of a note from the broker Jefferies, um, looking at those disruptors in wealth management, um, naming specifically Hub24 and NetWealth, saying they've captured um, a significant significant proportion of the inflows over the past year. New, you know, into uh, new inflows into the um, wealth management space. And um, they're likely to continue that, uh, have that momentum. Although, um, as uh, Carl Kapalinga from uh, Think Markets and also Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics noted on the call today, uh, if the share market actually comes off over the next six months, which they're expecting it will, they are bears at the moment, then such companies are likely to suffer uh, simply because you won't see that, you know, that money's going to be. Um, withdrawn. Nonetheless, um, interesting take, certainly from Carl. He sees a pairs trade here. He's uh, prepared to go long hub and short net wealth. Let's have a listen. We think they're fair value. So they're up today. Um, there was a bit of, um, as you said, Jeffrey's, um, you know, uh, broken note out, market's a bit excited on next to no volume on yep. both of them today. Uh, so that's brought them up to a fair value target. As I said, the yields aren't compelling. Neither of the charts, I would say, are so fantastic that it's going to override what I see uh, on the fundamentals and the valuation side and make me jump in. If I had to pick between the two, Hub is definitely my pick, and this is purely on the technicals because I said the valuation is very similar. Um, uh, Hub, 100% a hold. I don't think I'm at a buy. I, I, it, it's not far away, though. Um, uh, net wealth is is not a buy for me on the technicals. And in fact, I'd probably be leaning more towards a sell. Um, they are on premium multiples and I mean premium multiples and they deserve that, but you're not getting a surprise factor, everyone knows. I mean, if, if any investor does not know how 
uh, they were in the wrong industry. Um, so in that context, I think you're not coming uh, early to the story. Everyone knows it's priced in, as Carl said. Um, I think it's, it's both of them are solid holes. Um, I think the businesses are solid. Um, I don't see them blowing up and have a look at all the fund managers. Um, I mean, all the market darling fund managers have been absolutely pummeled while the platform guys are holding up solids. So there you go, uh, essentially a, a hold from both, but uh, look, the same maps, you know, uh, hold on for the next um, six months. But beyond that, they certainly do see growth potential for those companies. Mm, a bit more of a trade there then. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so looking ahead, look, tonight um, all eyes will be on the States with those Fed minutes. Uh, be interesting to see whether we actually get any further detail, particularly, you know, the clues, I guess, as to where they're going to take monetary policy from here. Yeah, I was about to correct you then. I said, oh, au contraire, I think that's out on Thursday morning, but it's a shorter week, of course. Wednesday Thursday morning, morning our time. It? It's Thursday morning, yeah. our time, yes. of course. I've got to, yeah. I've got to get back up uh, into the into the um, rhythm of things again. But no, I think the uh, question now for market participants is whether there's another step down on the cards. If you look at um, rates futures, there's the belief, or at least uh, the what's implied in, in the market there, that um, we'll see a 25-point hike on the balance of probabilities from the Fed um, in, well, I think it's the end of January. They, they meet next, perhaps at, right at the start of February, so another three or four weeks' time. Mm. Um, but the speculation is whether they want to go to 5% now straight away, which is where t- you know the market's pricing the terminal rate, or whether they want to get there a little slower, ease things back to 25, maybe chuck another 25 in, and then put the queue in the rack uh, for this cycle. That's, that's kind of what uh, the markets are trying to decipher. So any kind of clue there from the minutes, uh, I think could be fairly important for the way that the market trades. Interesting locally, looking at commentary on what the RBA is likely to do next and um, seeing, you know, particularly in the past 24 hours or so, speculation they could they could um, stay where they are next month in February, which I thought was a little premature, I would have thought, because um, certainly the market was pricing in at least another 25, mm-hmm. potentially pausing in uh, April and going in in May, depending on the data, of course. But uh, maybe it was those latest housing figures that have people speculating that, no, the RBA can't take it any higher. No, no. I think, uh, I don't know if it's sort of an old hackneyed mentality that the RBA is only there to protect house prices. Perhaps that was true once once upon a time. But if you do look at rates markets at the moment, um, the curve's steepen and uh, the, the terminal rate pricing has gone up over the last few weeks. I dare say that might be in, uh, to do with, with the China story. I'm not too sure. But certainly that's uh, housing, house price data, um, you know, rattled some people's confidence in, in the, uh, the RBA's hawkishness. Um, but no, it would still seem that um, markets are expecting you know, another another twenty five at least in in February, and probably another two after that. At this, at um, the, the way things are going. Yeah, and what was interesting, obviously, the negative wealth effect you're likely to see with that, mm. as people feel as though, you know, if the value of their home is shrinking, and then uh, so is their wealth, and perhaps they're less likely to spend. So uh, that's uh, also been factored in. But anyway, that's uh, that's ahead of us. Um, yeah, well, for the rest of the week, look locally. Do we have anything else to look forward to? Um, look, as you say, I mean, you know, on the markets, it, it's thin volumes, isn't it? Because let's let's face it, most people are still in holiday mode. Yeah, it would certainly seem to be that way. And again, like we we keep saying that this kind of funky price action and these uh, pronounced swings we're seeing in the market are probably uh, due to that fact. But we do have to prepare ourselves 
for some of that data coming out. I know we mentioned it yesterday, Gags, mm. um, the, the non-farm payrolls mm. at the on Friday night. We also get the ISM services PMI, which is becoming increasingly important, especially because it was that su- upside surprise in that data last month that kind of renewed concerns of a more aggressive Fed because it would seem the services sector remains very, very strong and is continuing to employ. And, you know, obviously the Fed's trying to get uh, that jobless number higher to try and enforce its policies. So um, two things that we'll have to keep an eye on, of course, with the minutes as well. Um, but yeah, of course, it's a little bit thin otherwise in terms of news, especially especially today. Yep. All right. Well, enjoy your evening and uh, we'll speak to you again tomorrow. See you, guys.